This podcast is also part of a pod course, which is available for credit on speechtherapypd.com. All you need to do is register for the course, complete the requirements, and you will receive credit. Speechtherapypd.com is a video continuing education company, a certified ASHA CE provider. Hi, it's Erin. I'm your regular co-host of First Bite. First of all, I want to thank y'all so much for tuning and listening to First Bite. We've been incredibly encouraged and excited by the feedback we've received and are looking forward to the future. In the meantime, if you've been enjoying First Bite, please take a moment, maybe pause your device to subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. This podcast started out as a small idea to bring convenient, tangible resources to SLPs and other professionals, and we value your feedback more than anything. Leaving those reviews truly helps us out. Enjoy the episode, and thanks for listening. Hi, folks, and welcome to First Bite, fed, fun, and functional. I'm your host on this nerd venture, Michelle Dawson, MSCCC SLP, the All Things Peds SLP. This podcast was, like most creative processes, birthed from a combination of a several cups of coffees and, honestly, even more questions posed by a series of impassioned graduate students that I've had the pleasure of supervising over the last several years. First Bite's mission it's to answer those questions that we've all had, but we've either been too afraid to ask or we didn't have the subject matter expert saved to our own personal speed dials. So, do you too have more questions and answers when it comes to treating your medically complex and fragile pediatric patients? Are you unsure if the signs and symptoms that you're observing are indicative of an allergy, maybe an underlying GI issues, or could they possibly be neurologically driven? How many questions do you really have for that registered dietitian regarding the formulas prescribed and the flow rate through that patient's G-tube? Have you ever been consulted for a quote-unquote difficult latch only to find out that the mother is exclusively breastfeeding, but you've never nursed a little one or worked with the breastfed patient before? And what about functional communication? Are you so over flashcards, but you need advice on how to get started with core vocabulary with a non-speech generating device or how to find the right fit for a speech generating device? Do you have additional worries about the basic day-to-day running and documentation of your private practice? How do you go about obtaining referrals or even documenting that note so that the insurance company deems it medically necessary? If you answered yes, well, then come join me, Michelle Dawson, for this dynamic podcast presented by SpeechTherapyPD.com. Who am I, you ask? Well, I'm a self-described SLP geek with, as my family says, a touch of the ADD and ADHD. I have a passion for serving the least of these, namely the most complex and involved pediatric patients in their natural environment through my private practice, Heartwood Speech Therapy, in the Columbia, South Carolina metro area. I also have had the pleasure, and currently still am, traveling the country where I lecture on best practices for pediatric dysphagia and functional language acquisition delivered through an early intervention natural environment model. Are you still intrigued? Then come join me as I interview some amazing folks. And don't forget that you can submit questions for a Q&A or interview request topics to me via email at firstbyte at speechtherapypd.com or on our Facebook page. And also check out our website, drop a review, subscribe to obtain those coveted ASHA CEUs. All right, folks, let's get right to it. 
Welcome back to First Bite, fed, fun, and functional resources for the pediatric clinician. I am your host, Michelle Dawson, the All Things Peds SLP. The topic of today falls in the fed category, and we are talking all things feeding matters. And on that very exciting introduction, I am once again going to go out on a limb and admit my failure as an SLP, as I really hadn't heard about the amazing organization Feeding Matters until attending the 60th anniversary convention for SHOP, the Speech Language Hearing Association of Virginia, last March. I sort of kind of totally crashed a table at SHOP, as extroverted folks have a tendency to do, and ran into the fabulous Patty Minicucci. Did I get it right? You got, I got it right. right. <laughs> it's also a restaurant out in the mountains. Mountain folks, have you heard it? Um, after a lovely beverage, we began to talk nerdy SLP shop, and my little pediatric dysphagia world was blown away. I reckon if it was new to me, then this info would be new to you too. So here we are. Miss Patty, how in the world did you find yourself in the world of early intervention pediatric dysphagia, and how did you stumble upon feeding matters? Well, um, I graduated from Florida State University with my VS and MS many, many years ago. Isn't that a, a go something? Oh, it is. It's go something. No, no. <laughs> College football season is upon us. <laughs> So as a Marine Corps spouse, I ended up in Virginia um, after many moves and have planted roots here for the last 15 years. I worked in the schools and several other settings over the years and met a very good friend who became a business partner of mine, Jennifer Rockner. Okay. And together we started Tots to Teens Therapy Services, serving peds in Northern Virginia. And we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Um, and folks, if you haven't heard um, Miss Jennifer talk, I had her on um, a couple weeks ago for episode entitled Teletherapy and Early Intervention. You can do it too. And um, she specializes in um, specifically in telepractice. And I um, believe that was pod course 26. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just want to put that thought out there is you all are a dynamic duo. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Okay. So I already let the squirrels out of the cage right down from the tree. So I digress. All right. So what in the world is Feeding Matters and how did you end up coming from Florida to Quantico to leave the schools to go into dysphagia? So from Florida, I was in Georgia, North Carolina, um, Pennsylvania, Japan for three years, and then ultimately have been here in the Quantico area for the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, Jennifer and I have been working with early intervention for the last 15 or last 10 years, I should say, here in Virginia. And we've been serving those very young children and just so many children with feeding disorders. Just so, so very many with varied feeding disorders and lots of frustration from parents about diagnoses and them needing help. And so one day I just Googled parent resources for feeding disorders. And lo and behold, up popped this Feeding Matters organization that come to find out is now international, was originally started by um, a young mom of 25 week preemie triplets. And oh she found God. so many dead ends and really severe feeding issues with her own children. And the treatment options were very limited for her kids. And so um, that family 
was the catalyst for Feeding Matters, which now is has partnered with corporations and um, gurus in the field of dysphagia, pediatric dysphagia. So as I started researching more about Feeding Matters and found all these parent resources on there, uh, Jennifer and I discovered their annual International Feeding Disorders Conference in Arizona, which was almost two years ago we went, and it's every January. And while we were there, we were so enamored by just it was a massive, massive, there were 40 states represented, multiple countries. Um, it was just a great resource for everybody, including parents. And we decided we wanted in and have been volunteering ever since as ambassadors for Feeding Matters. But Feeding Matters was actually started because of what happened with um, this family. And the mom realized there were so many children suffering due to lack of trained specialists, the limited identification of these feeding disorders, and even limited intervention options for feeding. And I know I heard on a podcast you did earlier, Michelle, about we didn't have a lot of dysphagia courses in graduate no. school. I, I was blessed because I had a night um, at GMU and it piqued my curiosity. I mean, you may do the thing with your hand, but we bleed <laughs> purple and that grad program, dude, I like, I'm lucky I have blood left. It was intense, but uh, it's purple, right? Um, and that was it, but it was enough to plant a seed. But um, I got into therapy because my um, youngest brother was born with a cleft lip and he had a hard time latching and um, he ended up having a dysarthria, not a praxia is quite odd. I mean, now he's 6'4", studying physics. Ladies, he's single, he's cut out of wood, and he plays soccer. So just FYI, and multiple women around the room are like, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, that was, it was personal for me too. So that's, um, I think like all good things out of pain, a beautiful thing can be born. You don't know where the seed comes from, but if you let it bloom, now that my Irish eyes are leaking. Um, so this is beautiful to me that this was a dark place turned light. It was. This was um, yeah. the Goldwater family out in Arizona, and it has just blossomed and amazing research that's been going on. Is there international conference always in Arizona? It is. Okay. It's in the Phoenix area. And it's every January? Do every. they do it annually or biannually? Are we thinking? Um, um, I believe it's annually. Annually. Okay. So we're, we're thinking it's annual. That we, I can, we can double check that. Yeah, with you don't what? have to go physically go. We went physically, but it's, you know, an expense to go all the way from the East coast to Arizona yeah. and stay. And we're really glad we did it, but you can also do it electronically. What? Yeah. So they also, and that's on their website, which I will leave you that information, but yeah, you can, you can dial in and get on your computer or however, and you can get CEUs and you can listen into so you can attend the virtually. for virtually four CEUs mm -hmm. as well. Yes, yes. Oh, and all the women's minds just exploded. And if there's a gent <laughs> listening, that's a feeding therapist or two mind just exploded. This is wonderful. Okay. All right. So that's how you found it. And now you said you're a volunteer ambassador. So what does that mean? I am. So what that means is we are, they've asked for people who are just very invested and interested in pediatric dysphagia to volunteer to do community outreach. And it, we happened to have one of our quarterly phone calls yesterday and it seemed like every person on the line was SLP or an occupational therapist at this point, but there may be some others that I'm unaware of. And so what they ask us to do is as much as possible, hopefully quarterly, 
we do different types of outreach. So when you, uh, you and I met at Shaw Speech and Hearing Association of Virginia State Conference. Total shameless plug for my home state. <laughs> uh, um, I spoke on Feeding Matters and it was surprising. There were some top feeding professionals in the state of Virginia there and only one person in the whole room had ever heard of Feeding Matters. So it's getting the word out. Mm -hmm. Jennifer and I also spoke with our Prince William County Early Intervention Program to the entire staff, very large staff. Yeah, um, that is, that's got to be a couple hundred people. Yeah, it was, it's a very large staff. And then a couple other conferences, state conferences we'll be speaking at next mm -hmm. year about Feeding Matters. Um, this podcast, of course, it's just getting the word out because it's a nonprofit organization and it's helpful to providers. It's helpful to families. It's doing a lot in the world of dysphagia. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. All right. So we've talked about this beast, but define this beast. What exactly does Feeding Matters do? I know um, y'all can't see it, but I've, I'm looking at a whole bunch of amazing, um, fabulous freebies and information. There's some pens. There's a beautiful picture of a baby with an NG tube. But what resources do they have? Can we kind of So let me read you their mission statement so I don't misquote them. Okay. But their mission statement is to further advance um, pediatric feeding disorders by accelerating intervention, igniting research, and helping families find collaborative care for their children. And so based on that mission statement, um, one of their big programs that I really love to plug is called the Power of Two program. Okay. And you can find that program. They have a very interactive, easy to meander website, feedingmatters.org. And that is a peer coaching program. So let's say you have a child who has a G-tube. They're not swallowing. They're playing with food, tolerating oral motor, but they're just, parents are very frustrated and they feel very alone. You can go onto their website under parent resources and it's called Power of Two Program. And they will match you with someone ge as geographically close as possible to where this family's living and with a child that has a similar diagnosis. And this parent has been through this and has seen some success and they will coach as a peer model for these, this family. I happen to have a, a client of mine that I've been seeing a little guy for a while and she ended up speaking at shop with me about feeding matters and her experience and what it has done for her because she, she didn't even know about a blended diet. No GI doctor. Hi. No one had told her about a blended diet. And it was through this mom who only lived maybe 30 miles away that really talked to her about blended diet. And now they're doing all blended diet um, about feeding clinics. I mean, she's been just a really good mentor for this young family. And so that's just an example of what Power of Two program can do. And I, I try to tell all my families about this program. That's awesome. We South Carolina has something similar through um, Family Connections is our birth to um, it's our, well, it's our special needs advocacy group, if you will. And so what they do is when you have a diagnosis, they pair you with somebody who's older than you, been there, done that mom, um, may not be as geographically located as we like, but the whole purpose is to say, okay, you have a little one with Down syndrome, but a dual diagnosis of autism. Here's a family been there, done that. And they help them navigate the murky waters of like SPED and therapy. And those families that take them up on it make more progress. But again, it's another non-for-profit and a free one. So this is, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's, um, 
Yeah, and they're full of sassy Southern ladies that work there, so I'm kind of partial. <laughs> okay, all right. So that's one of the resources, but you had told me about an infant and child questionnaire. So what is what yes. is that? So there's another, um, there's a lot of resources on the website. We have time, we can talk about that a little mm-hmm. more. But there's an infant and child feeding questionnaire, also called ICFQ. And that is on the website. And there's a four-question subtest that was put together just for families. Let's say you go into a home and you're not sure, you're suspecting a feeding disorder, but the child has a diagnosis of expressive language and you discover maybe some apraxia. But as you're doing maybe some feeding activities just for fun, making a snack with them, you're noticing a couple, maybe a couple red flags pop up in your head. Well, there's a four question subtest that they came up with. And from this, then you can take them to the infant child feeding questionnaire, which is a virtual interactive um, uh, through their website questionnaire. So one of the questions on the subtest is, do you think your baby eats enough? Yes or no. Does your baby like to be fed? Yes or no. Do you often have to do anything special to help your baby eat, such as Put the baby to sleep so he can eat. Sing a song, turn the iPad on, right. dance up and down, exactly. spin on your head. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. Give me green food. And uh-huh. do you enjoy uh-huh. feeding time with your baby? And so if any of those questions, um, if there's if any of them, but especially if there's two or more, that's a red flag for a possible feeding disorder. And you can then take them to the infant and child feeding questionnaire. I sometimes will just from my iPad, you can even turn on your phone. I will do it right there in the middle of a session, the entire questionnaire, and it takes five minutes. And I did. I'm totally pulling it up right now. <laughs> Keep talking. I can multitask. Okay, okay, talking. So this is, this the, is awesome. So you, it's an interactive tool, and it was actually developed by world-renowned experts in the area of pediatric dysphagia. They've even been published in the Journal of Pediatric and Gastroenterology and Nutrition. Oh, that's a good So it's a working tool right now, but they're hoping that it's going to become a mainstream um, tool that's used more often. So what it does is it identifies these red flags in their feeding development. And by at the end of it, so you might ask questions like, um, do you have concern about your child's weight? Does your child let you know when he is full? And based on your answer, so let's just say you said, Oh, you even gave me a handout. Look I at did. That. Y'all, she gave me a handout. So this, this is, is a lovely. child that I work with. And you put in the child's age, gestational, if they were early, you know, what, what term. And then you just go through the questions and they make recommendations. If you answered, so how long does it usually take to feed your child? If you answered more than 30 minutes, they will give you a nice little paragraph most children take between 20 and 30 minutes to finish eating, yet some children take less time and they make recommendations here. You might want to talk to your doctor about this. So each answer that you give, they will have something in response that's a professional answer. And so as you see on this little guy, he had lots and lots of red flags. And then on page three, the suggested feeding habits that are typical, they say normally developing they will also, you know, highlight those as well. Okay. And all right. So folks, what I've got in my hands that I'm looking at, it's a questionnaire that you actually go in and plug it out by child's age. And it lists some of the authors on this. Mm-hmm. And these are 
These are the godmothers of our fields. Dr. Joan Arvidson, Suzanne Evans Morris, Marsha Dunn Klein. Oh my gosh, Marsha Dunn Klein. Yeah. Girl crush. Um, Kay Toomey. Like this is oh, to, to quote your other friend in her in her interview. This oh, <laughs> is like these are people that like if I saw them in public, I would want them to sign their books that I have. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so this is legit. So this is not just a, a foo-foo, feel good. These are, it's No, it's, it's nice research. because it's not you. Sometimes a parent is like, that's on the back burner. We don't care about feeding. But in your mind, you're seeing some red flags and you feel like this is really impacting all these other areas of development. It does. And so how do I bring this up where it's not my emotion involved? It's not my opinion. Well, like you said, you have the top gurus, the top godmothers in feeding in our country who have helped author this and you just bring that little questionnaire up and it's up to them. You know, you can walk away and they can just sit there and fill it in. The answers pop up, they can print it, they can just read it. And then that's for them to digest. They may need some help with it, but it's been a very good resource for me kind of bringing a possible feeding disorder to the forefront using something that's, you know, very objective. This is awesome. Okay. All right. Well, um, so that, and that, do they have to, excuse me, pay to have access to this Feeding Matters Infant and Child Feeding Questionnaire? No, everything is free on this website. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Do, do you know what age it goes up to off the top of your um, head? I want to say 36 months. Okay. But we can verify that on there. Okay. All right. So up to about three. Okay. But you know what? Most people are going to identify it because typically by three, they'll have that lovely little um, diagnosis of FTT. Yes. I think an FTT diagnosis, humbly, a failure to thrive is we don't really know what's going on. We're just going to stick them with this. And have you ever noticed the correlation between an FTT kid and FLK kid? Funny little kid. And uh, yeah, 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 that's that. Yes, I have. And I think that FTT um, diagnosis is such a negative term. Yes. It's as a mother, you take that as, because I had a child that was diagnosed with that. And as a mother's failure for me to help my child thrive is, so um, yeah, the FTT is definitely. And what's really scary when you look at statistics is a lot of these kids aren't getting diagnosed with feeding disorders until two or three. That's so a- they're hoping that this will help with earlier diagnoses. Yeah. All right. I'm just thinking big picture, how we can get the word out to um, pediatricians. Um, have you heard of Deb Swain out of California? No. She's a past president out of California, and she has a um, two-by-two push that she's done in her, um, I don't know, I don't know where in California. I know there's wine there, so that probably sums up most of the state. But um, in her wine country version, she did a push with pediatricians for the two words by two um, years of age. And they started having a huge uptick in referrals to the local early intervention system because they reached out directly to pediatricians. So I'm just thinking how we can. It's interesting. We tried to reach out to um, Quantico and they have an early intervention program and they have a giant, they have a very large clinic, Naval Medical Clinic. And we were, we do this just to volunteer and even said we wouldn't put Tots to Teens name on it and they would not let us into the clinic to speak and these we're getting and you were a marine officer I know, life, I know. And so sometimes it's hard to actually get into them and you can send them brochures but it makes a difference to really go in and speak to them and that is the purpose of this advocacy program and 
I know they welcome anybody who would like to get involved, who's passionate about pediatric dysphagia to become an ambassador because um, there's still some pockets in our country where we don't have any. So mm-hmm. the more, the merrier. Okay. All right. Well, um, you, I'm game. I'm a convert. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's all fine and well and dandy to have this theory and this awesome resource at hand, but how did this change you as a clinician? I think what changed for me was um, it was one thing to sort of meander the website a little bit because I didn't know anything about it. But I think when Jennifer and I went, and we've spoken about this, to the conference, we went thinking, oh, we're going to get our CEUs. There's some top speakers in the country going to be there. It'll be something different. It's cold in Virginia in January. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where our mind went. Okay. And even though those professional speakers were very good, what we both took away was hearing the parents speak. They had breakout sessions where they'd have a panel of parents telling their story, mm-hmm. videos of their children and what has you know been going on with their children and how much better they are now because of feeding matters and, and then them deciding to become volunteers as well because they want the word getting out so no parent has to go through what they've been through yes and i think it was those parents just telling us from their heart and soul what they've been through that i was like we have to get this word out to all these families that i mean it's negligent for us now not to share this anywhere that we possibly can because your seed was planted my seed was planted yes to quote my daddy (laughs) but yeah Okay. So I think for us, um, that's kind of what sparked it for us. And we're very passionate. Like I said, when I spoke at Shaw, I spoke for maybe 40 minutes and this mom came to speak. She just wanted to get the word out. I mean, neither one of us was reimbursed for this. And you should have seen the audience. I mean, what I did was more the PowerPoint that Feeding Matters wanted me to do. And I answered some questions and it was fine. The technical. But when this mother spoke from her heart, she had the room right here in the palm of her hand. I mean, it was, she's a Navy jet pilot. Wow. And her, you know, her spouse was too, but just what they've been through and what feeding matters had done for them, it was powerful. And Mm -hmm. so for us, I think that's let's listen to these families and let's just try to provide them with these resources. Okay. So you, you, we touched on two of the resources that they had, the infant and child questionnaire and the power of two program. Did those families, you did that particular family utilize some of the other resources out there, or do you have other resources with them that you like as well? I do. I know that the one mom that spoke, she has used a lot of the resources. Um, there are videos, professional videos, there are videos of um, parents and their children on the website There are um, articles, both professional as well as some handouts like forums. For instance, um, us.gov, there is a form about how much a child should eat, exact amounts, and what, you know, what food groups. And there's just lots of resources, professional and then personal resources as well. There are books, not only for the families and for professionals, but for children, like little books that kids can relate to about uh, maybe that EOE, and there's a little book about a child with EOE. Um, hold on one second. Um, for those of you that don't know what EOE means, EOE is eosinophilic esophagitis, and it's severe, severe yeah. allergies. And some kids 
regardless of how amazing their therapist is, they might only ever get four foods back over the course of their lifetime because of how sick they are from a basic cellular level. This podcast is brought to you by SpeechTherapyPD.com. SpeechTherapyPD.com is an engaging, evidence-based continuing education site that offers over 450 continuing education hours. The best part? The information garnered can be applied in therapy immediately. It's functional and fabulous without the hassle of trying to translate technical jargon from a research article. Can I entice you more? Well, then get your suntan lotion ready because next summer, SpeechTherapyPD.com is hosting a CEU cruise. That's right. July 27th through August 3rd of 2019, the amazing, delightful, and oh-so-kind Char Beauchart, M-A-C-C-C-S-L-P, will be the featured speaker for 12-plus continuing education hours on a cruise ship through Greece. That's right. You heard it right. Greece. Want to get the preview or want to catch a preview of the information she's going to share? Then tune into her pod course, The Speech Link, which is also eligible for continuing education through speechtherapypd.com. Maybe, oh, just maybe, I'll see y'all in Greece. One of the other resources I wanted to highlight was the provider directory. Okay. And what that is is these parents, let's say um, they're living in Northern Virginia, maybe they're down near where I live, near Quantico, and their child has just been diagnosed with a feeding disorder. Maybe they've just left the NICU and they just don't know where to turn. They have a provider directory on the Feeding Matters website and you would plug in your zip code and then it would say, how far are you willing to drive within 25 miles, within 60 miles? And you would put that in. And a whole list of professionals who are actually feeding specialists would come up. They may be OTs, they may be ENTs, they may be GI, they may be speech pass. Those are available for you, the um, contact information. So if you're, you're not having to go through on the website and, and call every company and say, do you do feeding, do you do feeding? So that's been a really great resource for families. So how, do, how does a person get vetted for that? So you would have to go on yourself and put yourself on it, but you have to be accepted to be on it. You have to give your bio and credentials and all of that. And they'll ask you, are you part of a feeding team? There's specific questions as a professional that you'll have to fill out. Okay. And then your name, your company can be put on the provider directory. And we need more professionals to put their information on the directory if they're definitely um, specializing in feeding. Okay. And you, this, this is, I'm throwing you a curveball. And oh God, oh God, the face, we, we worry. Okay. But um, there's one thing that um, you've touched on is the overlap with the occupational therapist. And what I have found is when I lecture across, because I mean, I kind of go wherever I'm, I'm sent um, by a handler that me, that cracks me up. Um, some pockets get really upset that occupational therapists are included in feeding. But I think for some children, they even do a better job than the speech pathologist because they know how to regulate. They know how to get the child centered. And I think that the kids that we do, uh, um, not just a interdiscipline, but I mean, like everybody we're in deep working together, they make the best progress. Am I an anomaly here? How do you feel about this? What do you think? Um, it's something I'm very passionate about because we have been fortunate enough um, 
Jennifer and I both in the schools um, and since we've been in private practice to co-treat with occupational therapists, we have several um, occupational therapists within our company and we are, we co-treat as many times as possible, particularly for feeding. And I think it's a marriage made in heaven. Yes. I think speech paths have maybe more knowledge about the anatomy and physiology of the oral mechanism, but you're not going to get that baby feeding if they're not regulated if you haven't worked from the feet up first. Um, you have touched on something um, in one of my breastfeeding courses um, with Abby Bishop. She said that, uh, and she's a speech pathologist who's also certified lactation. I listened to you. Yeah. Oh, did you hear it? And she said, we don't think to include their feet. And as a mom, when my sons were latching, I did. I instinctively wrapped their little bodies around me and, you know, they're, we did this until the phasic bite reflex kicked in at five or six months. And then I was like, and you're off. Right. But, um, I had them by their feet. If y'all don't know what the phasic bite reflex, that's a bite joke. So go Google that. Um, but I had to brace them by their feet to get them to have a better seal. And, but just to hear you say that again, like y'all there's trends and little nuggets of awesomeness. If you listen to them, so absorb it. Okay. <laughs> So yes, I, I do agree with you. I don't think it's either or. I think it's both and Good. preferably collaboration. And Feeding Matters is, you listen to their mission statement, they're all about collaboration. Okay. And so that's where we really need to all get on board. All right. Well, we, um, all right. So I've got so many different questions and I'm not quite sure which way to go. <laughs> okay, um, they... So they send out their ambassadors to different locations. Um, do they ever do like mini conferences throughout the year? Or is it just the one big one in January that you know of? Well, they have their one big one. But yesterday on our call, they also highlighted that there's other, like there's a dysphagia, pediatric dysphagia conference in Hollywood, Florida in October. And they listed another one up in Boston and um, around November 17th that weekend. And so now they're sending their, and their ambassadors and they themselves, people who are on board or actually work for Feeding Matters are coming to these and doing, right now they're doing um, like poster shows, like booths. Okay. And so they're having the ambassadors geographically come and help them with the booths and things like that. Okay. But we also encourage the ambassadors to, um, and they are encouraged obviously to speak, to go, like you said, to pediatricians, the state convention. I mean, how many speech paths can be addressed at that state convention is amazing. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking like, if I know we've asked y'all at Skisha to come down and give a lecture on feeding matters because we, um, South Carolina is unique in that we only right now have two universities that graduate speech pathologists. We have one that just started, but I mean, that's primarily, you know, that's the source of your, wow. that it's small. It's not like Virginia. Yeah. We got like what, seven or 10 grad programs here in the state. Um, so we don't have the opportunity just because of how tiny we are. Right. So getting you guys down there to talk about this topic is going to be fantastic. Um, because as like we both said earlier, we didn't get a peds dysphagia class and it's cool. We all want to do this, but we need to do this ethically. So, right. And we yeah. are so excited to come. <laughs> yes. Cause it's going to be a lot warmer than Virginia. And there is um, a lot of the information on these conferences is online. Okay. They keep their website up to date. So we have an OT come on board with us and she's had 
a little bit of pediatric feeding, maybe more for kids who are what they label picky eaters, which we know is more than that. Um, <laughs> it's like you know, more sensory based behavioral type, but she maybe is lacking a little more in the actual swallowing and things like that. Um, I sent her to the website recently, one of our new ones, and there were several conferences and listed by state and she was able to access that information. So it's up to date. Uh, so then if, for instance, you, Michelle, you could put your information on there mm-hmm. and they have a big database of all the dysphagia conferences. Oh, that's cool. Coming up. Okay. All right. Now you, you also handed me some goodies um, yeah. when we got here. Um, I'm going to pull them up. So there's some little brochures. Do families, what's in this brochure? What am I looking at? And, um, so they've got a list. Of, okay, wait, stop. I'm old. I need my reading glasses. Hold on, folks. <laughs> All right, now I can actually see what I'm looking at. All right, so it gives the definitions and some resources. Do you know if people have to pay for this? No, these are free. Um, on the back, there is actually a 1-800 number. Okay. If someone wants to call and have some of these given. These are wonderful to pass out with the early intervention programs in your state, drop off a few with pediatricians. These are just really great to have, um, especially our pediatric GI doctors, our ENTs, because none of them are aware of this. This is fantastic. Okay, so I'm gonna read y'all, the phone number for Feeding Matters is 1-800-233-4658. And it clearly says on here, Feeding Matters is a 501c3 charitable organization which means your donations are tax deductible. So, um, and yeah, two, two, this is fantastic. Um, talks about the importance of integration with a physician, psychologist, physical therapist that I like reading nurse, registered dietitian, OT and other specialists as well as the SLP. Okay. Well, this is, I mean, this is good stuff. All right. So takeaway. What's, what's your, what's your favorite part of working with feeding matters? What's your favorite? Give me your heartstring story. I think my heartstring story is, um, working with these children, especially the very young children and in the homes, which is Jennifer and I see children in their natural environment. We we find this is all about relationships Mm -hmm. and, you know, sterile clinic is not our thing, but because we have that opportunity to work with families in their homes and you know whatever they're doing that's what we're doing um and especially with feeding we i just believe that my passion is sharing this information with these families one person at a time one family at a time and 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 hopefully they could do the same thing and so trying to better empower families through knowledge um talking to them about collaboration and i think that this website is just such a wonderful place for them to start and if you can just walk them through it, they tend to run with it once they've seen what's on there. That's awesome. Okay. Now I have a question and this is just me. Do you take food with you when you go or do you use what's in the home when you get um, It depends what I'm doing. So if I am, most of my children are TRICARE families. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a lot of early intervention through the county right now just because of where I'm located geographically. And there is a tremendous need or feeding therapists right in my area, they tend to send the more severe kiddos back to Northern Virginia because there's some military bases that just don't have the medical care for it. So that said, um, most of my caseload is feeding. And um, 
I do like, for instance, today I do thematic units and we were doing a little dinosaur theme with this new, this little three-year-old boy who has autism, apraxia and a feeding disorder. And so just getting him to have a relationship with food. So I brought, he's gluten-free. I brought, we we made little dinosaur eggs with Rice Krispie treats and hit dinosaurs in there. And he normally would gag on that texture. And he did at first when he saw it, but by the end of the session, he was playing with the food. I was able to swipe his mouth with it. He was uh, kissing it, touching it. And he, he stayed for about a half an hour just playing with this because we made it fun. We stomped the dinosaurs. So in situations like that, I will bring the food in. But, you know, five, these EOE kids, these kids with these severe sensitivities, obviously G2 kids, um, I don't. So it's a case-by-case basis. I am so glad you clarified that because, I, I mean, I get the kids that have all the things. Yeah. So even if I wanted to, I couldn't because, no. the, I mean, I could accidentally kill a child by doing that. Right. And, you know, again, let's not harm the little ones. But um but you some, I mean, when, it, when they can and yes. you make it fun and you touched on one other thing that I feel very, very impassioned about feeding therapy has to be fun, positive to neutral at best. The second it goes South, you've you shot yourself in the toe. You're out. Like you've made, you've got so much legwork to back up on. So that was, um, See, this is why I liked you. And it's not just because I crashed your table at Shaw. <laughs> that was so much fun. Okay. All right. So um, per the usual, I look down and we we are honing in on time. Um, let me let me put my reading glasses back on so I can see what it is that I'm looking at on my laptop. Thank you. Um, uh, do you... I know people are going to have questions, not just about feedingmatters.org. And their website is feedingmatters.org. And the phone number, again, was 1-800-233-4658. But um, inevitably, they want to hear it, you know, out of the horse's mouth kind of thing. Um, So how do they reach you if they have questions for you? I would say my email address is probably the easiest. And that email address is tots2teens. And that's two, as in the word T-O, dot Patty, Patty with an I, at gmail.com. So tots to teens, and it's a T-O, not the number two. T-O, right. Dot Patty, P-A-T-T-I, at gmail.com. Okay, beautiful. Well, um, before we switch over to open the line for questions, let me just tell you thank you. This is this is going to change people's stars. This is awesome what you're doing. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Um, on that note, well, folks, it's a wrap. But before we go, from my ever so full heart, happy new, happy new year to you and yours. And an extra special happy eighth anniversary to my handsome hubby, that oh so fine Mr. Dawson That's right, folks. Once again, thank you for listening to First Bite. Fed, fun, and functional. I am your humble but yet sassy host, Michelle Dawson, the All Things Peds SLP. This podcast is part of a course offered for continuing education through speechtherapypd.com. Please check out the website if you'd like to learn more about CEU opportunities for this episode, as well as the ones that are archived. And as always, remember, feed your mind, feed your soul, be kind, and feed those babies.